0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Resilience is My Beauty with yours truly to Wanta J. How are you all doing, family? Welcome. Hey, 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 what's going on? You know what's up. You know what to do. Go ahead and uh, grab you something cool to drink, something cold, something that is going to cool you down because it is hot today, y'all. It is a warm one, isn't it not? <laughs> Come on in and have a sit down. Go ahead and prop your feet, get relaxed. Take a deep breath in, exhale slow, what's up, what's going on family, how are you all doing, happy, happy, happy day, yes, (laughs) I hope everyone is doing amazing, I hope everyone is doing good, how's your weeks been, how have you been? i hope your family's doing good man i hope everything is amazing on your end you know that now people are actually you know getting out of the house now a lot of the you know the rules have been uh uplift you know have been lifted if you will and people are out and about running errands taking care of some business and all of that there's still some protocols of course that we gotta buy um you know have to abide uh, by and all of that understandable of course but at the end of the day you know you are able to Move to get out the house to drive to go to certain places, certain stores, and all those things, right? And um, it feels good, right? I think we start to really value each day more than we used to before, right? You now you are able to walk out the door to drive out to certain places, whether it's to your favorite shopping store. Uh, maybe going just, you know, to the market or whatever. But at the end of the day, you just really look at the day and you just like, wow, how beautiful God has blessed us with this day. You know, I I feel that way. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one, I don't know, but I feel that way. I'm just grateful just to see another beautiful day. I don't take it for granted. You know, I'm just thankful that I'm alive and I'm well and I'm strong and, you know, God has given me new life. <laughs> this life is just infested with his grace and mercy and unmet and un unmerited favor and all those, all those things in between. And I just don't take it for granted. I really, really don't. And even if I don't do anything spectacular for the day, I'm just grateful just to see the day, right? (laughs) So I'm hoping that you all are waving your hand and just say, girl, hallelujah on that one. I agree with you hundred percent, right? Because there's still a lot of things going on in this world. There's still a lot of things that are happening in this world, man. And we all need to continue to pray for our neighbor's, pray for those that we know and those we don't know because everybody's going through something. It's just not about you. Everybody's going through something, you know, and it's just so heartbreaking to hear certain stories through the news, through, you know, through social media, through our friends or what have you and it's just like, wow, you know, you you don't you just want to like you just want to do something but you can't, but the the thing you can do and nobody cannot take away from you is prayer. That's that's this real deal on that one, right? So you know this weekend is a special weekend coming up, right? You know this weekend is for your special man in your life. You know who that is, your daddy, your pops, right? right? This is Father's Day weekend coming up, man. Oh my goodness. This is going to be absolutely amazing for those of you who still have your dad in your life or you are married and you have children and your husband is being a phenomenal dad at, at his best, you know? This is something special. And I know, uh, you know, the fathers don't really get a lot of, uh, with well, a lot of fanfare, or a lot of uh, uh, attention, if you will, like Mother's Day, like us moms do. Well, you know, we, we, we fly like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, us moms, we special like that. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, though, the brothers are important, man. OK, the brothers are important. The men are important in our lives, too. And we just want to take the time out and just have just, you know, just share our love and honor and respect you know, to the men, uh, that is very, very special, uh, in our lives. Right. Um, and so I wanted to dedicate this episode, uh, to all the fathers out there. And I know this podcast is particularly for my sisters because it is resilience is my beauty. Yes. But I know that my sisters, I know that my sisters, you know, you are married and you know, you have your husband, And you have children by your husband. And you know that your husband is not only a a loving husband, but he's also a phenomenal father to, to your child or children. And I know that most of my sisters out here, you have a dad yourself you love your daddy <laughs> you are a daddy's girl okay i'm a living witness to that myself <laughs> you a daddy's girl and if your daddy is is still around with you today thank god for his life and his health and strength you know you definitely want to go ahead and and just show off your daddy and just pamper him and love him the best way you know how you know, this is the opportunity to really go ahead and, and you know, just share your love and show your love uh, to your father. So I'm calling this title, calling this episode, Dear John. And the reason why I'm calling it Dear John is because, you know, this is the story that I'm dedicating to um, to you all. And I want to share this story, honestly. And it's about my father, who, by the way, is his name is John, <laughs> and if y'all remember, there was a show back in the day on NBC. It was a comedy sitcom. It was called Dear John, and I, I don't remember the actor. I remember his face, but I don't remember the actor's name. And I don't know how many seasons it was on the show on on the um on NBC, but I do remember that show pretty good. And um, you know, and people used to uh used to uh, talk about that the Dear John uh, letters or the dear John stories or something back in the day, you know, but now, you know, there is a John, there is a dear John. I did have to write a letter like that to my father, um, when I was a teenager back in the day and all of those things. Now, I explained the letter to you. It wasn't that, you know, he was uh, inca- incarcerated or, you know, he was, uh, you know, in the military, anything like that. No, my father was still living in the city of Newark where I was living and my father lived about 10, 15 minutes away from my house. Yes, man, he was that close. I didn't know until my mama had had showed me his house And when my father was, you know, um, when I when, when my father and I did not communicate on a consistent basis, there were moments that I wanted to meet him. There was moments that I wanted to hear his voice. And there were times when my dad was supposed to come visit, but he never showed up. Right. He stood me up. Yes, he did. He did stood me up a couple of times that I had wanted to write him a letter, you know, or get, get in contact with him. The first thing, well, for me was, I was just gonna call him up and say, hey, daddy, what happened, you know? But unfortunately, I couldn't call him like that. I could not just pick up the phone and just dial the number and just say, okay, hi, daddy, I couldn't do that. Why? Because of the fact my father was already married and he had three kids at the time. And at, the, at And when he met my mother back in the day, he never he never shared that uh, side of his life to my mother. My daddy was one of those players back in the day. He was that tall, dark, handsome, you know, very suave, sophisticated, highly intelligent brother, you know. But he was a player on the side. But he was really, really cool with it, you know. I ain't, I'm not. I'm not like you know, applauding his, his, his foolishness. No, (laughs) but that's just how my father was. He was good like that to the point that he deceived my own mother. You know what I'm saying? And my mother did not know this, man. My mother met him, I think probably in her early twenties, because I know she had me when she was 25 years old. So, you know, my mom came down from Georgetown, South Carolina at the age of 17, and she came to Newark, New Jersey, and she stayed with my our extended uh, family members, which were cousins and whatnot. And, you know, she's trying to get her life together and all that stuff, start a new trading, uh, trading uh, business for herself and all of those things. And somewhere down those years, between 17 and 25, she met my dad. I want to assume that she met my dad probably like when she was around maybe 23, somewhere, maybe 23, 24, something like that. And that was her true love right there. My father, my mother fell in love with my dad and it was something that, she probably had truly hoped and believed that this was going to be a dream come true for her, whether this was going to be her husband or what have you, because she really was in deep in love with my father. And my father was not a brutal type of dude or anything. Like I said, my father was a clean cut, handsome, very suave, just a beautiful black man. OK, he was Fine. Jesus, he was absolutely delicious. He was I'm sorry, I know that's my daddy, but I'm gonna give the props where the props are due, okay? Cause if he was alive today, I would have told him to his face. He know me. You know what I'm saying. And if those of you, you probably will agree too. If you got a father that's that's fine and all of that, you would say the same thing too. Come on, okay. But yes, my father was absolutely handsome and very debonair and just charming and all of those things. And my mom just was smitten by him, and he was very cordial, very nice, and all of those things like that. They dated for a long time, for a good while, if I remember her telling me this, and they traveled together, they went to Canada together, and all this stuff like that or whatever. But then it was a day that my mom came uh, to the realization and realized that what was good, was what she thought was good, was really uh, was a nightmare. And then my father, of course, was also living in Newark, New Jersey. He was a, a, New, a New Jersey uh transit bus driver back in the 60s and you know as he was finishing up his route he was heading back to the station and there was another woman that was sitting across the bus um uh, across the bus from my mom and as my father was heading to uh towards the building the lady was still in the in the bus sitting with my mom and my mom looking at her the lady looking at my mom my mom trying to figure why she looking at her like that this that or whatever and my mom was not feeling her and the lady wasn't feeling her in return but come to find out this lady um admitted that she too was dating my father and my mother was like, whatever girl, you know, cause she thought my mama, well, she thought that my mom thought that the lady was just saying that to be jealous to be mean, to be spiteful, to be hateful or whatever the case may be. And plus, you know, my mom, you know, she was absolutely stunning. A beautiful, gorgeous chocolate goddess, you know, with all this rich, long, healthy hair. She was just absolutely gorgeous and all those things. And I guess my mom had thought that the woman was felt intimidated by her or whatever. I don't know. But after a while, you know, uh, my mom was just, you know, was a little bit concerned about about this woman's comment. And then it went on further that the lady was telling her, that not only is he messing around with me and you, but he's married and he has kids too. And so my mom even thought that she was just tripping, (laughs) you know, like this girl really, really tripping, you know, really crazy and all this stuff. But truth come to pass. It was true. My father was married. My father had two kids at the time. And, My mom, of course, went and asked him these questions, you know, and my father eventually did uh, spoke the truth and told my mom. And my mom was definitely shocked and devastated because my father didn't wear no wedding ring when he was dating my mother. My father did not uh, dare hinted in any form of fashion, you know, that there was another woman, you know, let alone another woman on the side. My mother just truly believed that it was just her and her only. Okay. And, you know, she was in love. She was in love. And she, of course, she was hurt. Of course, she was devastated. Of course, she felt foolish. Of course, of course, she, you know, felt stupid and all those things. It's like most of us women feel sometimes when we get so and get so in love and lost and in love you know, <laughs> with this particular, you know, this guy that we meet in our lives. So, of course, as time passed on, my mom definitely did not want to be in this relationship with him anymore because, you know, that is not how my mother operated. That was not how she was raised. She was raised in a church family home. And so, of course, she ended that relationship. And my father, of course, was a little bit um, a little bit aggressive, more aggressive than he should, ha- should have been. And of course he just forced himself on my mother. Basically he raped my mom. He had had a gun at the time and he had pointed the gun to my mom's head while he was having sex with my mom. And my mom, of course, you know, she, uh, I guess she, I, I, she did not, uh, fight it off or she tried to fight or what have you. And basically that's pretty much how I was conceived from that, from that situation. Now, I know this is something very devastating for people to hear or it's kind of shocked for people uh, ears and whatnot. Um, But you got to think about back in them days, back, uh, you know, in uh, 67, you know, how things were different then than they are now, you know, and how my father pretty much got away, (laughs) you know with uh you know with this uh incident or what have you because he could have gone to jail you know he could have his life could have been over but my mom i don't know if my mom had thought that far out back then at that time i don't know how she was feeling i i'm pretty sure she was feeling overwhelmed and shocked and scared and over and 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 just totally just lost at this at this moment Now, of course, when she found out she was pregnant, she did mention it to my father. Now, my father, of course, he was 100% excited about the whole situation. And he was there. My father was there the whole time. My father was there, you know, helping her through the pregnancy. And then even when I was born, he was still there. He's the one that gave me my first name. He's the one that gave me the name Tawanta. He's the one that was there, um holded me and all of these things at that time. So throughout the course of my my baby years, he was there. He uh, helped my mom. He helped her financially. You know, he provided for my mom and all of that stuff. He was doing his duty. He did not run away from his responsibilities. He did not, you know, totally diss my mother or anything like that, even though he was married himself. And at the same time, my when, when my mom was pregnant with me his wife was pregnant with his third with his us other daughter because my my half sister and i are the same age my mom told me this when i was a young girl because when she was pregnant with me my dad's wife was pregnant with my other sister so my half sister and i we are the same age and I never met my half sisters or my half brother. My father showed a picture of them to me. And I was excited to see them that way. You know, I mean, I was like seven, eight, nine years of age. And I was totally like geeked because I'm the only child. I don't have any siblings. So just to find out that I have have some sisters and a brother, that made my day complete, you know. And I still was asking my dad the question, when am I going to meet them? When am I ever going to you know, spend time with them and play with them and all of these things. And I don't know what my dad answer was at that time, but I'm pretty sure he would say something like very soon or one day soon or something to that effect. And I just, you know, I just shrugged my shoulder and just moved on, you know, as a child would, you know, and I just, you know, was just so excited that you know i finally have some brothers i have a brother and sisters and hopefully one day soon i get the chance to meet them i could play with them and this that or whatever um but the thing about my relation with my dad was that the relationship we had was special now i did not have my father like my daughters have their father today or like you have your dad or your children have their dad today where they're right there in the home, 24-7, every single day. I didn't have that type of relationship with my father. My father and I, our relationship was whenever it was convenient, whenever he had the free time to get out the house, whenever that, you know, there was nobody at home and he was just free to do what he needed to do, you know, because he tried his best to keep me a secret or to keep his past a secret because I'm part of his past you know what I'm saying and you know that there that's why I said earlier about the dear John letter where it was I could not just say hi daddy you know I couldn't do it I had to say hello or dear John that's how I had to start the letters off um, I couldn't call him you know and just say hi daddy because what if his wife answered the phone what if his you know one of his kids answered the phone And, you know, if I say, oh, can I speak to my daddy, please? You know, whatever, you know, that would not have gone out right. (laughs) First of all, they probably would have said you got the wrong number or whatever, you know. And I'd be like, no, this is the number, (laughs) you know. So, you know, my mom had to train me. She had to train me how to contact my father so um it was kind of weird to do that but i did it anyway because i wanted to see my daddy i wanted to talk to my daddy and there were times my dad actually would call you know, just to call, you know, it's not like I had to like, you know, um, tap on his shoulder, if you will, and like get his attention through the letter about him, you know, okay, daddy, haven't heard from you for months. I haven't talked to you for six months and just that or whatever. No, my dad sometimes surprised me with a phone call just to check up on me and just to see how I was doing. So that let me know that my daddy really thought of me and that my dad really did care for me and that my dad, you know, uh, wanted to see me more than I wanted to see him. And it was, it was absolutely. Special the times that we did have together, it was special to me. It was beautiful to me. My daddy made me feel like a princess. He always asked about my day. He was always concerned about my whereabouts or what I want to do in life. All of these things. Even when I moved on to uh high school, when I told him about my boyfriends, my high school sweetheart, my dad was being a typical dad. He's like, Who's that jerk? <laughs> Who's that turkey? You know, I was like, "Dad, daddy, give him a minute." You don't even know him, and this stuff, whatever. He's like, "Uh, uh." Anybody that's you know messing with my daughter, I consider him as a turkey or whatever how you put it at that time, you know. And and this kept going on even when I moved on to college you know, and stuff like that. My dad was just being a protective daddy. And I loved every minute of it because he wasn't saying it just to say it. He was saying it from his heart. He was for real, okay? (laughs) You know, he was, from a distance, he was still close. And from a distance, he was still present you know in my life you know where he was being a father to me and i embraced every word that came out of his mouth because i knew that his that what he was saying to me was love he wanted the best for me and whoever came into my life you know they, they you know they they would not know how to appreciate me you know what i'm saying because he made me feel important my daddy made sure that i was important you know and he did not, um, he did not, uh, you know, treat me any differently or anything like that. When there were times when I was sick, my dad would call immediately and, you know, he would cry on the phone because I, because he, he was not able to be there in person to care for my needs, you know, mommy was there, of course, but he wished that he could have been there. And at that time, daddy was already going through his physical, um, you know, ailments at the time. My dad was, um, diagnosed with diabetes and it was starting to become a little bit more aggressive than normal for him. Where eventually, you know, he had to stop driving his car because, you know, his vision was starting to get, um, Impaired, you know, it was he couldn't really quite see as much like he used to so, you know He pretty much was dependent on you know, his wife or you know His, his children to get him from a to b to go to the doctor or whatever of that nature and whatnot So it was really frustrating for him when he was just not uh, Physically able just to drive in the car and just come to me and just check up on me um, And all of those things so he would just share his concern and his pain with through tears over the phone and that broke my heart because you know I didn't I didn't want my dad to be so worried about me and everything but my dad expressed his concerns as to why he felt that way. So it let me knew, it let me know that the relationship that my father and I had was real. It was no game, it was no cover up, it was no You know, like I'm just going to, you know, be a dad for a moment and I'm out the picture and I can live my life. No, my daddy was not that type of brother whatsoever. He was a dedicated father as best as he could have been at that time. The only thing that I wish my father would have done was I wish he would have spoken to me about his family or told, told his family about me, I would say. That's the only thing, because to me that, you know, I believe my father robbed me from that opportunity to really connect with my siblings that, you know what I mean? And of course, at that young age, you don't think about how it's going to affect the family. You know, once they find out that their dad stepped out of the marriage and, you know, and, uh, had an affair and, you know, and then on I, in, in in that affair, he had a child and all of that. I didn't think that because I'm a kid. You know, as a kid, you think about playing with other kids and, you know, you know, and, and just loving other kids, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, as I got older, the more I thought about it, the more I understood from my dad's perspective. You know, he had a whole lot to lose and a whole lot to gain at the same time and all of that. But my mom was one of those sisters, she was radical, you know, she's like, listen, I told you all these years, John, that you need to go tell your wife about, about this child, okay, because me and you, we way over, (laughs) my mom was radical, okay, she didn't care, she spoke her truth, (laughs) she had a voice, she used that voice that day, okay, and she was just letting him know. And I mean, my father, you know, he didn't get upset or anything. You know, he agreed what she was saying, but he was just afraid to do it because he knew the cost. He knew if he said something that his his marriage probably would have ended and he did not want to take that risk because he did love his wife and all of those things. And I understand that. And who the world knows why daddy did what he did back in the day. But heck, who the world knows why we do the things we do. <laughs> things we know we're not supposed to do, but we do it anyway. You know, the selfish reasons we do certain things that we know we're not supposed to do. And then after that, we regret it. And now we're afraid to really express it. And sometimes some people don't share their truth. You know, people pass on and they, and then that secret is, is, is in the grave with them, you know, but what my father that's the only thing that I wish that my dad would have done. And I don't know if my dad finally did share his secret or shared that side of his life to his family before he passed away. I really don't know. Um, but I would hope that he did, but if he didn't, well, that's okay. That is okay because that does not, uh, take away the love that I had for my father, the memories that, you know, um, I have with, uh, you know, have with my father because he was a wonderful man. I may not have, I may not have had him 24 seven of the day, but the days that I did have him, it was the best ever. And he truly was an honorable man. He was a loving man. He was a loving father, an honorable father. He treated me with utmost respect. He disciplined me with love. You know, he didn't yell at me. He didn't yank me or pull me. He didn't called me out of my name. He was just a loving, sweet, compassionate man. And I salute my dad today. I really, really do. I miss him so, so much. Cause I'm 52 years old. And anytime I think about the memories of him when I was a little girl, it gets me warm inside. It really does because that's just how his love was for me. It was pure, it was sweet, it was caring. And I miss that of my father. If he was here today, I would be calling him and talking to him and he would be, you know, wondering how things are going with his grandchildren and, you know, and he probably wanted to speak to them because I would have let them speak to their grandfather. Like, this is your granddaddy, you know, and whatnot. And they probably would have been excited, of course, to talk to their grandfather. And I know my father would have been just leaping for joy, <laughs> you know, talking into his grandbabies, you know, and, um. And, of course, you know, dealing with married life and all of this stuff or whatever. I know my father would have done whatever he needed to do to make sure his baby girl was safe. uh, You know, I was okay and everything was good financially, emotionally, mentally, all of that. Because my father was right there supporting me ever since I was in my mother's womb, man. You know, and that tells me just how much that love is. And yes, he knew the mistakes he made. He never denied his mistakes. He knew he was wrong, you know, and he had hoped that somewhere, I guess in his heart, he had hoped that I forgave him for what has, what happened. And I forgave him. I really did. Even when my mom told me this story years ago, you know, my, like I said, my heart was, a, was a forgiven heart. And I just embraced my father even more you know, and I know from my father's, uh, on his perspective, on his end, he probably had a lot of guilt, a lot of shame and a lot of embarrassment on his part, knowing that, you know, that I was aware of how I came about. And, you know, now that I'm a little bit older and all those things, I'm pretty sure he kind of felt even more guilty, but I tried my best to assure him that, you know, daddy, whatever happened, it's over with, you know, I've forgiven you. I know God has forgiven you. I just hope you forgive yourself, you know, and that, you know, it's all good. And thank God that we are still able to connect with each other, that we are still able to talk to each other. Now, mind you, my daddy and I did not get a chance to talk every single day. There were times that we, we had laps, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk to each other for months. And mind you, you know, daddy was living 10 or 15 minutes away from me. I was living on 908 South 16th Street off of Clinton Avenue. (laughs) What's up, Brick City? Yes, (laughs) that was my street back in the day. Now, 10 minutes away from there, um, I, I, I can't remember that street for sure, but that's how far my dad was, man. And like I said, there were times that My dad and I would connect. We see each other. We go out and have burgers and fries and talk and all those things. And there were weeks, if not months, that I wouldn't hear from my dad. And that was going on, you know, throughout the course of my life, to be truthful and honest about it. Even when, you know, I went to college. You know, I can't even tell you the distance, how far apart we, you know, not far apart, but how long it's been that my dad and I actually communicated with each other. And I think the longest it's been, I think it was like two years. Yes, two years. And that's when, when I was away, when I was in Florida and or in Baltimore, when I was going to grad school at the time. But during that time, when I came home to spend time with my mom and whatnot, if I remembered and I'm being honest, if I remember to... I will, you know, uh, write that dear John letter to get his attention, to let him know, hey, I'm in town, you know, hope to hear from you. And I know this is a crazy relationship that I'm trying, that I'm sharing here with you guys, but that's just how it went down in my life, right? And yes, uh, slowly but surely, (laughs) my dad will respond to the letter. He will call me up. And say, hey, baby girl. I'm like, hi, daddy. (laughs) Okay? I'm telling you now. I'm 52 years old. And if he called me today, if he was alive today and he would call me, I would say this, hi, daddy. I would sound like a 6-year-old. I would sound like a 10-year-old. I don't care. I don't care. Because that's just how my daddy made me feel. (laughs) He made me feel like a princess. You hear what I'm saying? And he did not, you know, uh, he did not push material things to me no he didn't it was just his mannerism man it was just his love for me man that's what made it so special that's how he made me feel he did not go ahead and had you know bags of toys and all of that stuff he could have done it if he wanted to but he didn't do that he had presented his love and his time right and his responsibilities of being a parent of being a father right And I embraced every minute of it. Okay. So yes, today, if he was here and he called me, I'll be like, hi, daddy, how you doing? You know, (laughs) cause I know that he would definitely would just spoil me with his words of love, man, you know, but that's just how it was back in the day with my life. You know, when I went on to college and what have you, and started to you know, learn more about myself and becoming more confident in myself and all those things. And I had my ups and downs in relationships and whatnot. And I'll come home, you know, spend summertime or spend some time with my mother on holidays. And I will go ahead and write that dear John, dear John letter. And my father would respond and he would call me. And if he could, he would come. But most of the time, he will mostly talk on the phone because, as I said, the diabetes was starting to affect his body where he was just not able to do as much like he used to. But either way, I was just grateful. I was just thankful that my dad was around that I was able to hear his voice and he was able to hear mine. Now, of course, unfortunately, my father was not available at the time when I was getting ready to get married. Um, I I, I wanted to uh, bring my father to be a part of that that special moment in my life, of course, to walk me down the aisle. But unfortunately, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of torn because, you know, again, we're still in that same situation where my father did not say nothing to his family about me or anything like that. So I knew, you know, it was going to be kind of odd. For me to ask him and then him trying to figure out how he was going to be able to make that work, you know, without his family being, you know, like concerned or kind of like, uh, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You're like, um, something's up, something's up, something's going on. So I eventually asked my godfather, you know, my godfather, who is a bishop at his church in uh, Scotch Plains, New Jersey. And he also knew my dad. And the funny thing about it is my dad, you know, and my godfather known each other for a long, long time because my godfather and his belated wife at the time were landlords and they had, um, you know, owned a couple of properties down in, um, and I think it was on Nutley was on Nutley Avenue or something like that in Newark, somewhere in there. I can't remember. So, so long ago, but you know, that's how they met my mom got the apartment there. And of course my mom and my godparents became very, very close. And you know, while she was pregnant, you know, my father would come and all those things like that. And then, you know, when I came to this world, my father was around more than ever. And that's how my father and my godparents became good friends and all those things of that nature. So my godfather, of course, knew the whole story behind this whole situation. But my godfather, thank the Lord, was available at the time when he was able to walk me down the aisle. And, you know, it was it was absolutely beautiful and all of those things. And it, and it, and it worked at that time, you know. How I wish it was a whole different situation. Uh, but it wasn't. But, um... Of course, you know, uh, I did not uh, hear from my dad um, after that. I really didn't because, of course, I got married. And shortly after that, I got pregnant. Uh, Shortly after that, of course, I gave birth. Then a couple of months after that, I lost my mom. Then four months after that, then we got, then we moved. We left Jersey to go start a new life in in north carolina so things were just happening so fast and so abrupt in my life that i really didn't get a chance to really breathe breathe or grieve uh till later on you know and by that time we were already you know moved to a different state here in michigan and you know uh early 2003 i think 2004 i got a call from my cousin who happened to, of course, she knew my, my father, of course, um, she found out that my dad died through the obituaries in the newspaper back home in Newark. Cause she, I don't know, for some reason she enjoyed reading the obituaries. <laughs> I know that's kind of weird, right? But Hey, I don't think she's the only person to do stuff like that, but she called me to confirm you know and i was like i don't i did i no i don't know i didn't i don't know you know she told me she read the obituary to me and and when she told me you know who you know his full name and everything i was like yep that's my daddy and she's like oh my god i said wow okay and and i think she asked me you know when was the last time i you know talked to him and i said oh my god it's it's been a minute man and it really was it, I, The last time I recall talking to my dad probably had to been probably when I was engaged to be married. And that was, uh, um, in, uh, early 2000, probably, I don't really recall, but, um, the conversation was always warm. It was always, you know, special, you know, and all those things. Um, but I have the memories of my dad. Here's the thing. I have the memories of my dad. I do have a picture of my father with his group at the time. He had a band back in the sixties, um, in a club in East Orange and you know, he was just they were like the temptations because they all was dressed uniformed they had a live band and everything I never heard my father sing before never heard him sing and I guess that's where I got the singing genes from because my mother sure could not raise a note child don't ask her to sing if she was here today don't mm -mm. no I wouldn't even put her here because she would probably try to sing a little note and it'll probably make you turn off my podcast okay for real for real but anyway I love you mama (laughs) <laughs> but you know I'm speaking the truth though, <laughs> but at least I know that you know my dad you know had some pipes, man, he could blow because he was like the lead singer you know out of the group, and it was like a i think it was a six men group along uh along with him, and that's a picture that my mom had of him when you know at the time when they were dating and um You know, it was a nice club back in the day in these storms. I don't remember the club back then. I don't remember the name of it. But, you know, my father was just a phenomenal man, you know, very clean cut, very wise, very smart, very talented, uh, just a strong, sweet, compassionate man. And I'm saying all this to say, because, you know, I know a lot of us sisters out there, we don't have, you know, um, a lot of us wish we had that relationship that we see our friends or extended family members have with their fathers, that their fathers are there every single day with them, home, you know, all of that. They could go with their dad, they could have a daddy-daughter dance kind of thing. I never knew a daddy-daughter dance existed until I had my kids, you know what I'm saying? And how I wish that was the case for my life when I was their age, when I was 13, 14 years of age, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know if daddy would have made that effort to make that work for me, at That time or not, but it was just, it would have been amazing if that ever did occur, right? But I know that a lot of you sisters out there, you probably are in a situation where your relationship with your dad may not have been the best. It may not have been what you had always hoped or dreamed of. But if you still have a relationship with him and the conversation is still beautiful and it's still cordial, it's still sweet. Thank God for that man, especially if he's still here today. If he's still living today, thank God for him. Take that opportunity and just let him know, daddy, I appreciate you. Forgive me for arguing with you or yelling at you or blaming you from, you know, about your past or, or, you know, or choices you made or whatever, whatever the issues that you guys had amongst each other or that you had with your dad. Man, just squash it. I'm just keeping on the real because life is so so short. It really, really is. There's still a lot of people out here that don't have any communications with their parents at all, and these are grown folk. But they're in, but they're not grown. But in that grown body, they're still ten years old. They are still eight years old. They are still fifteen years old because that's when things traumatically changed for them. That's when things was not solved. There were some issues going on at that age, at that time in their life, that it was traumatic, it was upsetting, it was scary, it was hurtful, or whatever they dealt with, and they stopped growing. They're physically growing up. They're in their 30s or 40s or 50s now, but if you went on ahead and talked to them about their dad or their dad came to their face right now or whatever, they will be like that 10-year-old, that 8-year-old, or that 15-year-old, and that's real truth. That's real truth. But here's the deal. If your dad is still alive today, and if he has come to his senses and sincerely had apologized for whatever reason that he caused, whatever things that he did, he sincerely came to that humble spot of truly admitting his mistakes or whatever, please accept it. Please accept it and embrace him. Start brand new today. Don't worry about the past. There's nothing we can do about the past. See, that's something I had to get over myself, man. I had to realize I can't go back to in the past now and wish things daddy could, you know, things could just be changed. You know, that I could walk into my daddy's house and just embrace him and embrace my half-sisters and my brother. No, it just, it just wasn't meant to be. That's the thing. It just wasn't meant to be. When my father passed away, I had to decide whether or not if I should take it upon myself to go ahead and contact, try to contact my stepdad's family, my stepdad, my father's, uh, family and let them know that, hi, I'm, I'm John's daughter. You know, I was thinking about, you know, you know, getting a private investigator or, you know, try to connect with someone that can help me contact or reach, you know, my, my father's. Uh, family and even one of his best, best friends that was, uh, that, uh, my mother knew, you know, down through the years of what, what, and whatnot. And I had talked to my husband about it and all of that. And I talked to my aunt about that. And at the end of the day, you know, I just pretty much just left it alone because I did not want to come in at somebody's front door and have them to think that I was trying to cause some type of, you know, confusion or, um, you know, cause any harm or anything. That was never the intentions. I just wanted to, you know, finish what my dad should have started, you know, and, and, and just let them know that all I wanted to do is to start a relationship with my sisters. You know, my brother has already passed away. I wanted to start a relationship with my sisters, but my father just did not want me to do that because he was afraid to speak his truth. You know, but, you know, I just pretty much just let God take care of this situation and just leave it at that because, you know, you don't know what the other person, um how they would respond, how they would react. And, and I mean, I know I'm not crazy. I know they would react and respond in a very like shocking and like totally in a disapproved way. You're like, no, this ain't happen. Who are you? Where you come from? You know, I get it. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, when you've just been waiting all your life, man, you know, and just want to have that time with them, you know, you just, you, you just want to do that. But you think about it and you just realize, you know what, you don't want to cause any confusion. You want to cause no, um, no hurt, no pain or anything. You just want to leave it as is. And so all I'm saying is whatever that the past was, you leave it at that. Leave it at that. If it is meant for you to reconnect with your dad's family or other half, then it will come in due time. Maybe somebody on that side of the family may find some history or find some, some information about your dad's past life that may, you know, come around to your name and then they probably dig a little deeper and they, you know, investigate a little bit more and they find out the truth and then they may come and find you. You don't know how God can work this thing out. You know, I pray that God will work it out for me because God knows my heart. He knows that I want to connect. I want to, um, I want to be able to, your fellowship with my sisters and to see my, 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 uh, nieces and nephews. And I'm pretty sure they grown now, (laughs) you know, I know they grown now, you know, but just to be, be a part of that you know? And, but, and God knows that pain. He knows that pain in my heart right now, but I'm trusting him that if it's meant for us to, 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 uh, to get together, then it will be done at his time and his doing. And he may have it worked out where my, one of my sisters may find something about my daddy's past, you know, and find something that they never thought they would ever find. And, They dig a little deeper, and they find a little bit more, whatever, and they find my name. They find a picture of me. They find some letters of the the letters that I wrote to my dad when I was in high school at the time. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? And that might come to the point where they will contact me or text me or Facebook me. You know what I'm saying on Facebook? I mean, people find their long-lost relatives or loved ones through Facebook, through social media. You never, never know. But... But, but but now at this moment, embrace your father, embrace the memories, embrace who he is, love him for who he is, forgive him for what he has done. Hasn't God forgiven you for the things you have done? We got to be reminded of that, <laughs> right? And I know some some situations could be hard to, to swallow and it's hard to forget. I understand that, my sister. But allow God to heal you while you are loving your daddy. Allow God to heal you while you are starting a new memory with your daddy, right? Start enjoying the moment with your dad while he is here right now on this earth. Because your dad has gone through some pain too. Your dad has some regrets too. Your dad is dealing with some issues right now. And I hope and pray that he has given his life to Christ and allowing God to to help him and deliver him from some things. Because there's some things in his life he probably still has not willing to share with you that may not have anything to do with you. But he has gone through some rough roles, man. And he's probably still dealing with the aftermath of that. And maybe that's why, you know, the relationship is not as close or not as smooth as it should be. You know, you never, never know the pain that your father is going through. He can only share what he can share, but everything else he pretty much keeps within his heart. And that's what my dad did. But regardless, I still embraced him. I still loved him because he did not bring all of that stuff into, um, into the existence of our fellowship. You know, it was all about me. (laughs) You know, it was all about us. It was all about us, our, our time together. And it was absolutely special. And those of you who have a relationship with your dad, you live with your father or you live with your dad to the time you left to go to college or whatever, but yet your dad is still present in your life. Thank God for your father. Love your father as well, too. Your dad has made some mistakes, too. I guarantee he has. And there may be some things you may never know what your dad did, just like my father did. But when and if you do find out, yeah, I know you're going to be upset and all of that. But at the end of the day, though, you still love your daddy and thank God for your father. Because somebody, you know, some child today don't have their dad. Some child today don't know their dad. You know, their dad might be in prison. Their dad might be in the grave or their dad is is just out there. A mystery. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And they don't know who their father is but you have been blessed and highly favored to have a man in your life that has gone beyond the call of duty to do what he had to do to make sure that you had the best of the best of the best right he was there to nurture you he was there to help you he was there to love you he was there to to pamper you he was there present or not he was there right he did what he had to do he did it he did what he needed to do he did what he could do He didn't have a whole lot, but what he had was more than enough. And as I said before, with my father, my father didn't showcase his love through things. He showcased his love with his presence and with his words, man, that to me was more valuable than anything. Yes, my dad did paid for my schooling, you know, when it was time for me to go to school, you know, and he asked my mom, what is it that you need? How much do you need? My mom told him what, how much, and my father came banking, man. My father came with this big old fat envelope of money. I'm like, yo daddy, it's like that. (laughs) It's like that. You know what I'm saying? And he did it. He was there. But you know, I I did not abuse my father that way either. I did not just call my dad, dad, I need money. And my mother never did that to him either. My mother stood her own. The only time she needed money from my father or when she needed some assistance was when it was dealing with school or something else that I was a part of or getting, you know, uh, um, participating in. And he will definitely will be there to support, you know, but at the end of, the day, at the end of the day, my father was absolutely amazing. He was there. His love was real. He was everything that I had, that I dreamt of honestly. And even though he wasn't in my life 24 seven, but Hey, it's okay. I'm just grateful that he was there. I was grateful that he was there. And if my father was alive today, and if my father and I ever did reconnected, I'm pretty sure my father would have definitely would have apologized for so many, many different things, so many different opportunities that my father could have done some things, but he failed to do it because of fear. I'm pretty sure my father would have said some things and he would be like, baby girl, please forgive me. This weight weight has been on my heart for so, so long and I feel like I have disappointed you and all of those things. And I would have definitely would have listened to him, but at the end of the day, I said, father, you have already been forgiven. I would have let him know that because I know there's some things that my father just was not really able to express to me because of the age that I was at that time. But I knew as I got older that the weight was really heavy. I remember those days when he was crying over the phone that he was not able to truly express 100% of everything that was going on in his heart. But what he did express to me, it was still painful and it was still hurtful and it still had me to love him even more. So my dear sisters, listen, if you do have a father today, whether he's alive or not, whether, whether he's in your life 24-7 or whether he's a sometime dad, mean that he comes sometimes and sometimes he don't show up, but if he's there, please embrace that. Pre- please say, dad, I appreciate you taking the time out to come by and say hi. Or I appreciate that, that you, during the times when I was a teenager, that you were there You know, forgive me for not truly respecting your time and respecting you. You know, forgive me for bawling out and yelling at you or whatever. Forgive me for that, dad. I want to start all over. I want to do over or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Because we, you know, yeah, we, our fathers have done some crazy stuff. Yes. But what about us? Come on now, especially now that we're older now, we're grown now. There's no excuse now. (laughs) Some of us are still holding on to grudges and we can't hold on to that anymore. So let this year, this year, 2020 be the best year for both of your lives, but particularly for your father, let him, you know, enjoy the new memories that you guys can share together. Yes. Yes. This year has been a year for all of us. 2020 did not come out the way we had hoped it would have come out when that ball dropped (laughs) at midnight (laughs) in New York City, man. Okay, but we're here though. Thank God we're still here. And if your father is still here, thank God for that. But definitely, truly spoil him with your love. Spoil him with your presence. Just enjoy the moment with him. And if you are not able to physically see him, Honey, thank God for social media. I didn't have that back in the 80s, okay? I could not FaceTime him in the 80s. We wouldn't even know what that meant back in the day. You know what I'm saying? But now, we don't have no excuse in the matter. We could go ahead and FaceTime him now. You could FaceTime your father and just speak to him that way. But let him see your face and you see his and just let him know how much you love him and how much you miss him and how much you, you know, just get excited of the memories of the good times you had together. Right. So that will just warm his heart. Because when you do that, when you minister love to him, I'm telling you right now, beloved, that would do something for him. That would help help him to start thinking about things. That would help him to start making some changes in his life. That would help him to, you know, to, you know, start, you know, looking at his situation and like, you know what, I think I need to make some changes right now. I need to start being more attentive uh, to my daughter's needs and everything. You know, and all of those things like that. You just don't know how those words of love can really make a difference, um, you know, in his life and in your relationship. Okay. I hope this is blessing you guys. I hope this truly helped you a lot in, in ways to really start taking father's day, uh, in a whole different perspective. Um, because you know, life is so precious, man. Life is so valuable, for all of our lives out there, and we just cannot afford to, you know, miss uh miss another day or another year without, you know, truly uh, being grateful and thankful for our dads. Um, and for those of us who don't have their dads anymore, I understand your your hurt and your tears, and I, I get it because I miss my dad every day. Um, but thank God for the memories. And thank God for God, because your God is your father, right? And he's there to to comfort you, to hold you, to remind you that you are the apple of his eye, that you are, uh, you know, precious and valuable, and that there's greatness in you as well, right? And he will continue to support you and love you and provide for you. And he will continue to uplift you and put a smile on your face, even when the tears fall. Um, I'm a living witness to that, uh, but I thank God for uh, for my father. I thank God of, of what he have left behind, the beautiful memories that he left behind for me to cherish forever. So listen, guys, I want you to enjoy the rest of your day or evening. Definitely enjoy the father, your father. Enjoy that weekend. Make this weekend the best weekend ever for your dad and for yourself and for your family, you know, um, and just have fun with each other, right? So we're going to close with a prayer. So God, want to say thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this platform. I pray that this uh, episode will be a powerful episode for all of those beautiful people out there who are listening to the sound of my voice. Lord, bless the household. Bless those who do have their fathers right there physically with them. I ask you, Father God, to let that weekend be a special weekend, a special memory, a special blessing uh, for, um, for the entire family. Bless those loved ones, oh God, that are still holding on to the memories of pain or uh, the memory of their past and that has separated them from their fathers uh, for too long. Start healing their hearts right now, oh God, so they can start learning how to love their father right where they are. Forget about going back down the memory lane because there's nothing we can do about that now, uh, about that now. But we can start now by creating new memories. Uh, We can start preparing for the future. We can start working together and fellowshipping together and really learning from each other and loving each other as we should. Help us, O Lord, to just truly enjoy life as a whole Every day is Father's Day. Every day is Mother's Day. Every day is a new day that you allow us to have. Help us, O God, to truly not to take each day for granted, but to truly embrace the gifts that you have bestowed before us. The gift of life and the gift of people, the gift of our family and loved ones, oh God, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It's not about the money, it's not about the materialistic things. That stuff is secondary. But what's primary is family, what's primary is love, and love does heal all it does heal all. So thank you God for this opportunity. I pray that this weekend, this Father's Day weekend will be the best uh, weekend and a brand new weekend, a brand new start for a lot of relationships out there. We give you praise O Lord and we thank you. Amen.